0: If you can do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy If you can throw us down a couple blessings, you
1: know, like One that I don't mess up being a manager <sighs> We're just three cats that never played a single snap Here to tell you how to draft, win the ship, and run it back the stats ain't tell the story, this the story of the stats You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that?
0: We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles Stick to the path and follow us disciples The only sin
1: is math and all you need is the Bible It's the fantasy Bible It's the fantasy Bible It's the fantasy Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Bible. It's been a while since we uh, recorded a podcast, but we were there for you. If you tune into the YouTube shows, we we did have our uh, Wednesday show live on YouTube and we did do our typical Sunday Mass. So we haven't been absent, but back into the old Spotify slash Apple podcast, Google podcast, whatever it is you're using for the first time in a while. I'm your host, Nathan Binder. Here with me today, as always, is Dane. Dane, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing as great as a person who had a successful Thanksgiving feast, but had both his running back one and running back two go down to injury. Could be. Thank you for asking, Nathan. I'm
1: uh, doing all right. <laughs> How are you yeah. having in there? Um, you know, this is what I'm going to say is like the tragedy. This is what's going to be truly tragic about this season is like the trade that you and I made. Like I'm like, there's a good chance that I don't lose another game this regular season and still <laughs> do not make playoffs. So it's like, it's like now neither of us are probably going to make playoffs um, because of those injuries. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah. For reference, I have Christian McCaffrey and Deandre Swift, who had both traded for a week ago. And it's look, I mean, We just got news Christian McCaffrey's out for the season. It doesn't look like DeAndre Swift will play next week. And if I lose next week because I lost this week based on their injuries, it's very unlikely I'll make playoffs now. So just a big swing, you know, a punch in the nads, so to speak. But, uh, you know, that's fantasy football. And I was realizing today how just how grim of a game is this that we play where. If, if an opposing, if an opponent's player gets injured, you're like, Oh, thank God. And then yeah. if your player gets injured, you're like, Oh, come on, man. You could tough it out. I know you can get another touchdown for me today. It's like, what are we doing, man? This is, uh, it's like a gladiator sport within a gladiator sport.
1: Right. I do think that, uh, there are some negative, you know, uh, tendencies that fantasy uh, forces are definitely amongst the worst of us. And, uh, that's why I often try and draft Eagles players because then I can kind of like double up on my frustration. So like, you know, not that I would ever start Jalen Rager, but if I did and watched him drop two consecutive touchdown passes that like all my enmity would be focused, you know? Um,
0: I was, I was rooting for you as your Eagle fandom, you know, kind of bled through there. I don't like the Giants as a Patriots fan. So uh, I was hoping the Eagles could pull it out and they had a very good opportunity. Like you said, Rager just dropped two perfect not perfect balls, but very close to, like how could you ask for a better pass? And yeah, it's I mean,
1: It's a classic game where the Giants didn't win, the Eagles lost. I mean, they, they, there were multiple times where Eagles were just driving down the field and then just turned it over. A uh, really sloppy game all around. Um, also, I just want to reference this tweet by uh, ESPN's Bill Barnwell. These are the running backs that are signed for $12 million. Or more a year. CMC done for a year. Henry out indefinitely. Cook out indefinitely. Camara out injured. Seek playing through injury. Aaron Jones just back from injury. Chubb missed two games with injury but is now playing well. Mixon, very good. Uh so really Joe Mixon is the only big budget running back that is having. I mean, I think you could say Nick Chubb is having a successful season as well, but like Cook has been out with injury a lot. Kamara's Uh, been in and out of the lineup. It's uh, not looking good for these big running back contracts.
0: Yeah, uh, it's funny you say Nick Chubb playing well, and then uh, today he did not have a Uh, or sorry today I uh, you know we're recording on Monday they played Sunday night but he did not have a good game yesterday
1: right I mean but playing well overall in the season I would agree that game was an abomination I mean I went to bed like very early on (laughs) into that game because I was like this is the worst thing I've ever seen
0: yeah I'm glad I didn't choose to stay up because I watched the highlights and even the highlights were a snooze fest (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I couldn't tell what was going what was going wrong i guess for both teams but uh clearly the browns couldn't move the ball in the offense i believe it was what four turnovers and they got three points from it
1: yeah like yeah i mean it was it was like i basically had already watched the entire giants eagles game and <laughs> and it was like i was watching the same game pretty much because yeah. uh there was a low scoring game where like it should have been a blowout on one side or the other based on the turnovers but it was just a a rough matchup. Um, so CMCL. I think we touched on some of the other injuries, um, just in that tweet there. Um, is there any other news or any other thing you want to get up to at the top of the show before we get into our main segment today? Um, I mean, just, just
0: basically the news feed you're getting out of the every other source. I mean, DeAndre Swift likely to not play next week. Um, I think Zeke is going to be rested next week. So if you need to win every single game, that's bad news. But if you're already a playoff contender, that's potentially good news. Cause it should assure he is healthy for your playoff run. Um, Pollard I mean, yeah, can finally rise up. Paul, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Pollard should have a good game next week, but, uh, uh, Alvin Kamara expected to be back. Dalvin Cook, we should mention him. He went out. Um,
1: Torn Lambrum, I believe. Uh, yeah. Not season ending. But when they say not season ending, it means it's very severe. He just has a chance to come back and play. Exactly. To me, that means if they are
0: making a playoff run, he'll come back. If they are not, he will not. So very tough news for Dalvin Cook owners. Um, I would I would expect to not have him at all for fantasy, for the fantasy season. I think what that translates to is Dalvin cook is out for the fantasy season to me. Um, Probably through week 16, maybe come back week 17 is what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah. And I think we touched on this a little bit, maybe in the preseason and throughout the season, but it really feels like this year and and next year are are the changing of the guard for the the top five running backs. I mean, uh, all these guys are hitting that age point where they're not going to be able to make it through the season. Camara cook, Barkley, um Henry, uh, CMC, the, those top five guys, and Zeke as well. I think should all be drafted significantly later last year than they were this year. Um, and and guys yeah. will rise up to take their spots. Like um, what's his, what's the guy Jonathan Jonathan Taylor? Taylor. Yeah. yeah,
0: so Austin Eckler. Yeah, you know. who's your who's your top three in half PPR right now? Would it be Jonathan Taylor one hundred and one? Is that pretty much how we're feeling right now, at least? Um, which is crazy because we were very down on Jonathan Taylor in the offseason.
1: I think it would have to be Jonathan Taylor one-on-one because, like, the biggest thing that we've talked about that I, I that I personally like is stability, and it's expected to be like a similar offensive line. Carson Wentz will still be the quarterback, so he's just another year older and he's not that old. I mean, all that's wear and tear that we talked about maybe, maybe we'll be a year early, you know, never wrong, just early, but yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor would be at the top. I mean, it's they're winning games because of him. Um, Austin Eckler would be really high up there. And then I think I think I would still probably take Derrick Henry, top three. Um, yeah, if we, we get
0: good news about a surgery, I think, yeah, when he's healthy, he's absolutely a top three running back, yeah.
1: I mean, is there anyone else that I'm missing that comes to mind here? No, I mean, I don't think Joe so. Joe Mixon, perhaps?
0: Yeah, and I think DeAndre Swift has proven worthy of a first rounder, but not maybe a top five just based on the Lions' proficiency the offenses to lose. Is so limited. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So unless something changes there.
1: But uh, and it's like it's sad because it's not like it's not like uh, in Denver. where I mean, Denver's been a pretty good offense, to be honest, but it's not like if they brought in Aaron Rodgers where it significantly raises, like there's no chance that the Lions are gonna get a veteran quarterback. <laughs> to come to that oh team. no you know what they, i mean no no, no not so, a good so, one maybe andy dalton <laughs> and it's not a good year for quarterbacks like the lines yeah. will we, we'll be picking top three chances are they're going to pick you know a cave thibodeau um an eight uh, aiden hutchinson like some of the top edge rushers because the top quarterbacks in this year's class are going like as late as 17 or 18 before the first one goes off the board, and a lot of mocks. And obviously, quarterbacks get pushed up the board, but the bottom line is that it's not seen as like, you know, there's not going to be a Trevor Lawrence or a Mac Jones that's going to be able to come in and instantly elevate the assets on that team next year. So, it could be rough, rough sledding for DeAndre Swift and the, the Lions for. Well, you know, as as long as the lions continue to exist, really, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, what is what has changed there? Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I thought I mean, it was hey, gonna be Calvin Johnson and uh, Barry Sanders didn't have issue putting up numbers, so yeah.
0: that's fair. I I think I love the narrative about the lions, the Calvin Johnson curse, where they, you know, kind of with not really withheld money but based on the way the contract was worded they you well, know decided he, they to play hard forced ball. his
1: retirement because he didn't exactly. want to play or he wanted to play elsewhere yeah
0: yeah and based on the way the contract was structured they chose not to trade him and he chose not to play for them so based on the Calvin Johnson curse he was probably the best thing they've ever had other than Matt Stafford in recent years you know of course Barry Sanders but that was a while ago not in my lifetime um yeah they're doomed for failure they need to pay that man what he's worth and uh get on with it
1: all right do you want to get into our uh, main segment today yeah
0: let's do it what do we have for the main segment
1: Nathan? so this is an article and i actually should uh well i'll talk about it for a sec but it, like there's an article that uh, i found published on the athletic and i am sourcing that very shortly here as I pull it up by Casey Joyner. So shout out Casey Joyner, uh, follow their work. Uh, I don't know if it's a man or a woman because it's Casey. So, you know, follow their work where you can. Um, but they, they sort of did a fantasy observation for every team in the league. And they kind of asked key questions and uh, Dane and I were kind of talking about how we've kind of reached a point in the season where it's fantasy fatigue is starting to set in for a lot of people. You know, it's it's basically the point where you set your lineup, you forget it, you make your waiver claims for the spots you need, but there aren't a lot of like gold nuggets coming out this late in the season in terms of the waiver, the trade deadlines over, your record is pretty much set in stone. Like, so you're either fighting for playoffs out of playoffs or in playoffs. And for I know for a lot of teams, playoffs got either locked or you know, got they it got pretty it got decided this week for a lot of teams, I believe. So um basically we we're struggling to find relevant questions for the rest of the season, that didn't look too forward into next year. And I think this, this article offers a lot of different discussion props prompts. So we just picked a few of our favorites here and uh, we're going to kind of just discuss what they mean uh, for the rest of the season. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So uh, I'll, I'll go first here um, because, uh, because I want to, and uh, this is uh this is the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's probably good to lead, lead off with the Philadelphia Eagles, but I think it's also relevant because a few podcasts ago, we talked about how Miles Sanders could be a potential league winner in our league-winning uh, episode. And so far, that has not uh, come to fruition. Um, so the question that Casey Joyner poses is what should fantasy managers make of the unexpected workload split between Boston Scott and Miles Sanders? There have obviously been obviously been concerns in the past about the Eagles being a uh, sort of a, a committee approach to the, the running back situation, or at least a very clear designated role approach where th- there's not a lot of uh, flexibility into what their running backs do. Um, and they really leaned into running Boston Scott in that Giants game. Um, but I think it's worth noting that Miles Sanders did come out of the game with an ankle injury. He returned from it, but he was also banged up. Um, and Boston Scott was running well. So afterwards, Nick Sirianni said he was just trying to make sure he kept Miles Sa- Sanders healthy and, uh, also a combination of that and riding the hot hand in Boston Scott. Um, so if you are a Miles Sanders owner, I still think you need to start him, uh, going forward. Uh, if, if you tune into the Sunday show, I mentioned that Boston Scott is a notorious, uh, giant killer and the. The Eagles are a very narrative driven organization and it's just like them to like try and pump up their team by rolling out uh, Boston's giant killer Boston Scott a number of times uh, after that touchdown especially and of course it resulted in a fumble because you can only you know give the ball to a five six running back so many times before something like that happens so uh yeah I think that was more of Sanders is banged up Scott looked good and there's all that boston Scott giant killer plays well against the giants energy. That does mean a lot to uh, certain teams that buy into narratives uh, like the Eagles do. So yeah, I I don't think it's anything to be concerned about and I'm still high on Miles Sanders Uh, because look, he rushed nine times for 64 yards. It's like the same thing we have always seen from Miles Sanders where if he had just had double the rushes, it would have been an incredible game, but uh, he, he was limited on, on his carries.
0: Yeah. Is, is Miles Sanders just Jonathan Taylor, but with a ball and chain around his ankle, just held back. <laughs> <laughs> like, Cause I, I couldn't tell you, man, he looks great when he's given the workload. Um, I, you know, that was a bit, sensationalist of me to say that i don't think he's quite as good as jonathan taylor but i would say he's the best running back by far on that roster it's not even close and if they gave him the workload of jonathan taylor he'd be a top 10 running back and that's Mm -hmm. what i feel strongly about but jalen hurts will always cap his touchdown upside as far as when he's the quarterback on that team don't know if that bleeds into next year we'll see but for now It's it's a bit worrying because I don't think that Miles Sanders will ever have like a true dominant workload and I will be starting him. I do have him in a league full PPR, but I don't think he's ever going to give me a 20 point week and that's fine. But you you just got to know what you're what you're after here. And if they had a pocket passer like, I don't know, Mac Jones, let's let's just. You know, I can segue this into the Patriots after this conversation, but if they had a pocket passer who rel- relied heavy, heavily on the rushing game, especially in, in the green zone, you know, within the five-yard line, then Miles Sanders' value would just be through the roof. It would be probably top 12 easily. And that's not going to be the case for the Eagles offense, but
1: that's okay. Yeah, um, I would agree. I would also not look too heavily into this game if you're looking for conclusions on Sanders. The Eagles did also rush for more than 200 yards. So it's like their fifth straight game in a row of doing that. So the it if they continue to lean on the run game there will be opportunities. So yeah, that I think that sums up uh the outlook on Miles Sanders going forward.
0: Okay. And uh to segue into my part where I take part of this article and uh you know, say this is what I liked about this article. Well, the article is behind a paywall and I do not have <laughs> I, I do say not use subs- the Google Doc. Well, that's illegal, Nathan. <laughs> I don't know if that's illegal, but it's unethical. And also I clicked on the link that you sent me in the Google Doc and it said that I needed to request access. I granted and, access. And yeah, I know. so I don't know what's going on but uh, anyways, if I had to surmise, I'll just improv if I had to surmise what they would have said about the Patriots, it's because I assume this is all written from a fantasy football uh, you know perspective. so
1: mm-hmm.
0: it would either be about the backfield being split about one-third to one-third to one-third with Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and Brandon Bolden. It is
1: about the backfield split.
0: Okay, so I will expound upon that. This is exactly what I predicted, I think, two weeks ago when we did the live stream on YouTube um, because Ramondre Stevenson had had a big game that week, and I, I firmly believe that this backfield is very hard to predict. It will never be it will never be reliable as far as like what we think is going to happen and what actually happens. So, I mean, uh, Stevenson is fully healthy. Why would they not just use him in the passing game? And why would they not just use him and, uh, Damian Harris, like as a 50 50 split? Uh, I don't know. They love Brandon Bolden. So he's on the roster for special teams. He's going to get some snaps on offense. Like maybe that's how they keep everyone healthy. Maybe that's how they keep everyone explosive. Um, but regardless, that's their scheme. That's how they've done it in the past. And I I don't think you can feel too comfortable at any given time yeah. with the Patriots I mean, backfield.
1: It's like shocker. The Patriots backfield isn't reliable. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: And it's true. We have to remember that. Like if somebody has a big week like Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson, like it doesn't mean they carved out a role. No, no. It's week to week in practice, it's week to week in game plan. So you can never feel too safe. That, that's my main takeaway there.
1: Yeah, and I do think people that drafted Damian Harris are, for the most part, probably happy with what they got. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's been a useful running back start throughout the season. Um, so he is like has been something of an anomaly. But even so, there's been games where he's been taken out of the equation due to like injury or due to just like Belichick riding the hot hand and mixing things up like he always does. So uh, yeah, I would agree with you there. That well, I guess it's kind of like. Are you starting J. Are, are all three of these startable and flexible going forward? Knowing that the Patriots have a strong offensive line, they're leaning on the run game a bit as they support Mac Jones. Or um, are you just kind of starting Damian Harris, and the other two are kind of desperate desperation starts? You're starting Damian Harris
0: as an RB two, and then the other two are desperation starts based on just you know, the roulette of the week, whether it's Ramondre or Brandon Bolden having the better workload or falling into the end zone. And I don't think you can really use any predictive analytics that we would normally use, whether it's a bad rushing defense or a bad defense against pass catching backs. Like I don't, I don't think that that's as predictive as it is with the new England backfield. So I would start Damian Harris comfortably as an RB2. If he's your RB1, well, I mean, you probably have worse problems to worry about as to who your RB2 is, and I would feel very comfortable with him. But uh, it's clear that they trust Damian Harris the most. He's the one getting the goal line work, like on the one-yard line, on the two-yard line. You know, So he has the most value there for fantasy, but uh, it's clear to me that it's not clear for any of us fantasy football players.
1: Absolutely. All right, uh, reaching back into the early season, um Eli the player kind of pops up on the waiver wire. His name's Elijah Mitchell in a uh, dynasty league. I put a hundred percent of my free agency budget towards him. I like what I see out of this young man. I know that the 49ers like to lean on late round picks and inf- instead of the people that they drafted way ahead of them. <laughs> um, and uh, I know that there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for running backs to come up uh, on, on the waiver wire, especially in a Dynasty League. And I am mocked for this decision. Oh, just wait till Jeff Wilson Jr. gets back. People say, Jeff Wilson Jr., Jeff Wilson Jr. Well, as this article points out or asks... Uh, Very, very uh, wisely, I think. Is it time to throw in the towel on Jeff Wilson Jr.? Uh, Yeah, he's back to full health. He's back in this lineup. But Elijah Mitchell, not at full health, with finger and rib injuries, out snapped him. Let's see. like, what is this? I think it was like 75 to 25, something like that. Yeah, he snapped at four. He had 47 snaps to (laughs) Jeff Wilson's nine snaps. Oh, that's uh, ran, even worse than what I predicted. <laughs> yeah, ran 15 rounds to Jeff Wilson's two. Jyle uh, Kusicek. K, Juice. Uh, Kyle Juice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, out-snapped him uh, significantly as well. Um, Shanahan seems to favor Mitchell, uh, leaning on him even when he's hurt. Uh, is, is Wilson now just full droppable for you? Uh, Elijah Mitchell Is is as close to a bell cow back as we're going to see in San Francisco.
0: Yes and yes. I mean, I was a Jeff Wilson believer because last year in fantasy, I had to plug in Jeff Wilson based on opportunity. And it was my highest scoring week of the year. Like it was, it was a 200 point week, nearly in half PPR. And Jeff Wilson had popped for 22 points that week. And he was like my RB four on my roster, but based on injuries and buys, I had to play him. And it, it was like, this is when you need to take emotion out of fantasy, right? Because I had stashed Jeff Wilson Jr. on two of my rosters in the IR slot all year. And I was happy to play him when he had the opportunity last week. He was the only, really the only healthy running back, so to speak, but it didn't pan out. And that's when you have to pivot and learn and adapt to your uh, you know, your mis- mistakes. So um, yes, I do think Jeff Wilson Jr. is probable, And that's coming from somebody who truly believed that if the opportunity was there, he would thrive. And I don't think the opportunity is there. And I don't think he will thrive if the opportunity is there again. And, uh, you know, it could be lingering to that knee injury. I'm not I'm not trying to disparage the man as a talent in the NFL. That's fine. But, um, yeah, I think he's very droppable. If you don't have anyone to drop him for, then he's not a must drop. But he is certainly droppable if you need a start at, at another position. And Elijah Mitchell, if he's healthy, you play him.
1: Yeah, and it does look like, I mean, Elijah Mitchell... Has been getting banged up, so you might want to hold on to Wilson if that opportunity does arise. But I would agree. You you were starting Jeff Wilson, and I was just scouting Elijah Mitchell on that Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns offense. Just mm-hmm. like, yeah, this guy would fit great into a Shanahan system. I'm gonna put a hundred fab on him one day. That's two years. I guess ago. so. And <laughs> it's just it's just wild
0: because they traded up for Trey Sermon. That's, yeah. That's, yeah that's why it makes no sense um i on one pod, podcast I listened to the uh the ringer fantasy football podcast they refer to shanahan now as M. Knight shanahan <laughs>
1: <laughs> he does because he always does this he always just like yeah. like Brandon ayuku um yeah i uh it, it like before the season i mean I liked Elijah mitchell as like someone that the Eagles could maybe target late. In drafts, but like when he was drafted by the 49ers, I I didn't really think twice about it because they had drafted Trey Sermon in the third round. Um, Yeah. But then as soon as Elijah Mitchell got the opportunity, I was like, oh, this is is Shanahan nonsense. It's it's happening. It's happening again. Um, I wonder do you think Trey Sermon's NFL career is pretty much over or what? No. 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 You think he's going to be a star next year? Like, I could totally see it happening. (laughs) I think it's totally up in the air.
0: It's a coin flip. Like it, it truly is impossible to predict what is going on in Kyle Shanahan's mind. It's it's like Patrick Starr and SpongeBob, where he's like, My the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. Like it's, that <laughs> that is Kyle Shanahan for the NFL. Like he's got some genius in there. I don't know how to predict it. I don't know how to extrapolate or you know use this as info for fantasy football. But
1: um, you know what it is, is Kyle Shanahan game
0: plans like well, I'll be dead Sunday. Yeah, speaking of dead on Sunday, George Kittle, what was he doing? Nothing for my fantasy
1: team. God, he was I mean, it's it's crazy when there's like a good high scoring game like that. And it's just because like the tight end is blocking his ass off. He was, there were some highlight blocks from George Kittle and he's a fantastic NFL player.
0: And maybe that bleeds into my perspective of him as a fantasy football player, but yeah. Uh, Okay. So we're talking about the 49ers. We have to mention Debo Samuel. He had one reception and two touchdowns. How you ask? Oh, I'm glad (laughs) you asked. Um, Two rushing touchdowns. He's had a rushing touchdown in the past three games consecutively. That is the first time, I believe, in, since 1980 or something like that. Like,
1: what is going on? <laughs> so have you heard rumors that the split designation might be coming? I don't. Is that for contracts and, like, payouts for the players? No, for fantasy. Like uh, RB slash wide receiver. Ooh, no, no, no. I have not. Oh, no. enlighten me. That's what I've just heard. I've been hurting like there was a discussion on a dynasty subreddit about Debo Samuel's value and someone's talking about like how they've heard that like they might he might receive a split designation if he gets a certain amount of continuously mm. a certain amount of running snaps running back snaps. That would be very
0: interesting. Like if they average over a three week moving average, like, uh, you know, whether it's 60, 40 or 70, 30, whatever they deem the split to be like people like Cordero Patterson, who lines up as a wide receiver sometimes right. or Deebo Samuel, or, uh, I don't know, maybe there's not many examples, but Curtis Samuel
1: w- w- when yeah, he's healthy, the yesteryear of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, The uh, I mean, if anyone's going to do it, it'll be sleeper because sleepers for the chaos, I believe.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. I had not heard of that, and that is great to know. But it is crazy to know that I believe Debo had a top top ten performance of among wide receivers in fantasy, and he had one reception.
1: Yeah, yeah, and didn't Um,
0: catch a touchdown on that reception. Also (laughs) got
1: banged up. We should mention, you know, that that uh, but doesn't seem serious. Seems like. It's a groin injury, and he thinks he'll play next week. He just didn't want to uh, aggravate it, is what I read.
0: I truly hope so. He's been a pleasure to watch. Um, Groin injuries are finicky, so I hope that it is truly a minor one um, because those seem to linger like we've seen with aforementioned Curtis Samuel has not really played much at all this year. That's, That's rough.
1: Okay, so we talked a lot about the Niners. Uh, did you want to do another one or should I just keep going? I mean, I think we can probably fill this sewed up if I just go through the rest of mine here.
0: Yeah, because I don't have access to the
1: article. So it, <laughs> it would be best if you kept going. Uh, if, if only you just uh, paid for the content. They had, a, they had a Black Friday deal, $10 for the whole year of the athletic coverage.
0: That sounds like a great Christmas present you could have gotten. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably should
1: have. I, got, I probably should have. Um, all right, so. Is it time to consider starting someone other than Tom Brady? Uh, no. Okay. Well, when I. We're done here. <laughs> when I first. Uh, this is this is in fantasy, not in uh, the NFL. I know. Oh, but continue. What do you think uh, since week 10? What do you think Brady ranks in quarterback fantasy points? Since week 10, we're in week 12.
0: They've so lost week 10. So three week games. So the past three games. They might have lost. Yeah, they lost one of those three games, and he didn't do super well. He had some turnovers, and they're all like bobbled passes and some weird cleat stuff. Like, because he doesn't throw a catchable ball. Mm, mm, okay. <laughs> I'm gritting my teeth a little bit. But uh, <laughs> um,
1: no, no, but continue. He ranks 18th in quarterback fantasy points since week 10, just posted his second lowest point of the season with 11.2 points against the Colts. Um, also, uh, notes that their final five opponents rank 15th or or worse in appointment points, allowed per drive. So they do have a, a lighter end of the season coming up, which is nice. But, uh, I think if you have an alternative, I don't know if Tom Brady's a must start. I mean, do you think like Justin Herbert, are you definitely starting Justin Herbert every week?
0: Um, I probably don't have a better option. Like, let's say I have Justin Herbert and I picked up Cam Newton on waivers when I learned he was being signed to the Panthers. I'm not starting Cam Newton over Justin Herbert. I'm not starting any of the waiver, like Carson Wentz or Derek Carr. I'm not starting them over Justin Herbert. Um, So, no. And Okay, so Tom Brady, you're talking about a two-week, 10, 11, 12. Would you start Kirk Cousins?
1: would you start Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo over? Uh, no, no, I would not. Absolutely not. And
0: just because well, we both
1: have outplayed Brady in, in fantasy points,
0: and I bet they've also outplayed Lamar Jackson in fantasy points. Well, the that's another weeks.
1: part of this article is Lamar Jackson is, is done So
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like when you're picking a three week sample size, it's so indiscriminate to what it truly means. So. No, I'm not buying it. But
1: know. when it's a three-week consecutive sample size, I think that's a little different.
0: It garners more clicks for their website, but it doesn't mean anything about predictive for the rest so you, of the season. So or you think the Rams think. are fine?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. I, <laughs> I still think they're a top team in the NFL, absolutely. You don't think that, uh, like, Stafford's chronic back pain and chronic elbow pain is starting to get to him throughout the course of the season, and as the, the weather gets colder, they'll just keep dropping games? <laughs> And that OBJ hasn't really uh, integrated into. That when you office. start saying the weather gets colder, that
0: sounds so like
1: yellow journalism to me. It's like <laughs> the this weather is gets ridiculous. colder is a
0: real thing. <laughs> no, I understand that, and they have the top medical team. Like the weather is not going to be the reason that Matthew Stafford drops off. Whether he's well, battling not at home games, but uh,
1: you know, in away games.
0: Uh, sure, and and that's still not a factor. And it's to, to me like Matthew Stafford has proven to be reliable when he's injured and plays through it. And I, even back to the Detroit days when they had nothing, you know, it was just him and Megatron and, and he would play through it like a champion. He, he'd play on Thanksgiving and just show up like a, a top 10 quarterback in the league. And nobody would ever care because he was on the lions and nobody was ever watching him play because he was never getting a primetime game on the lions. So
1: All I'm saying his Rams have lost three straight and the bucks needed a bunch of freak turnovers to, uh, to beat the Colts.
0: Yeah. So would I say they're both in a slump? Yes. And would I say that they both need to rely on the other two phases of the game, defense and special teams, to win, you know, at their current record rate? Yeah, sure. But am I worried about them? No.
1: In fantasy, which of the two are you more confident going forward starting? Stafford or Brady? Yeah. Probably Brady. Interesting. I would probably say Stafford, but
0: I mean, if you're talking about playing through injury, the only one playing through injury with Brady is his receiver, Antonio Brown, who's not active. And then Chris Godwin had a fumble, I believe, that led to a turnover for the Bucs. Mike Evans was kind of blanketed and kept out of that game. Leonard Fournette was the star of that show. Got a I shout out to say, him we should four mention that Leonard
1: Fournette is going to probably finish as like a top 12 running back.
0: Yeah, probably one of the best best values of the draft. So shout out to him. Um, and if they can rely on Leonard Fournette, that does... Reduce Tom Brady's ceiling. Um, yeah, so I don't know, man. Um, I think they're both in similar situations in their conferences and or sorry, divisions, and they're going to, you know, need to rely on the pass as much as the other one would. So I'm not really swayed by any of their personnel, like Robert Woods is not playing for the the Rams and OBJ is there now. Antonio Brown should be coming back whether next week or the week after, but they already have Robert Gronkowski and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans healthy. And even Leonard Fournette has looked good out of the backfield in pass catching duty lately. Like I'm not worried about any of that for either team. Um, I believe that Tom Brady is just the better quarterback.
1: That's fair. And yeah, I I wanted to test you on that, but I don't really agree with this article. I don't think you should be, I mean, it depends. I mean, like, okay, maybe if Derek Carr has, like, the right matchup, I would start him over Tom Brady or something like that. But
0: I still wouldn't, but I I can understand why somebody would reach that conclusion, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, speaking of cold weather, uh, David Montgomery has been putting up kind of subpar numbers since his return, Um, but the schedule lightens up a little bit. Arizona, Minnesota, and Seattle all rank 19th or worse in points allowed per drive. Um, the other the teams uh, that they play are Green Bay and the Giants in their next five games. Um, weather's getting colder. That's when Chicago running back has come alive. Uh, I believe is Justin Fields coming back at some point that could help with the run game. If, if the opposing teams decides, I mean, he's got some wheels more than any Dalton the opposing team could decide to dedicate resources to him. So uh What do you think? Does Montgomery bounce back, finish the year like he did last year where he vaulted up from like RB 20 to RB six or whatever it was in the matter of weeks? Or is he just going to continue to put up 10 points in a mediocre Bears offense? I'm very worried about the Bears offense as a whole.
0: Yeah. I mean, we heard prior to Thanksgiving game that uh Matt Nagy was going to be fired after this game. And then of course the Bears front office had to come out in front of that and say, Whoa, 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 we're not planning on doing that. Because you know, we're three days out from the game even being played. So the, the front office is coming out saying, Oh, no, no, we would never do that. You know, like we'll assess things as they go. And it, Okay, so now you've pigeonholed the front office into keeping Nagy past this week, and they barely beat the Lions. The Lions cover the spread. Shout out, Boomy. Um, <laughs> it's it's like what is going on? Like, um, no, no, I, I have no faith in the Bears' offense. So. David Montgomery, I do have faith in him as a player. I very well aware of what he did last year to close out the season because I lost in the championship round to David Montgomery. Shout out Jacob the Snake Fishback. Um no, I I don't I, I just don't feel confident in it happening happening again. Um I think I'll have better days than today. Or sorry, this week. He on Thanksgiving he had 10 and a half points, half VPR. Um, not fantastic, but if that's his floor, then I feel comfortable. You can't really substitute him out for anyone.
1: Yeah, I think he'll have better games, but I agree. I don't think the ceiling is going to be there. The, the Bears were better with Mitchell Trubisky, and uh, it's, it's just funny to say that. But I, Wild. Also, I also think that Mitchell Trubisky was like kind of an underrated running quarterback, and a lot of times that does open up the run game. And yeah, they were successful down the stretch employing those tactics. And uh, yeah, they just kind of seem to be even more of a mess this year. So hopefully they can get a good offensive mind. Bears definitely a candidate for best bounce back team in 2022. If they can, if they do fire Nagy and get a good offensive mind in there, they can build an offense around fields. They've got a lot of exciting pieces with Montgomery, with Khalil Herbert. That's good backfield. Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. It's uh they need to fix the offensive line, but uh, I think it'll be a much more productive offensive fantasy next year than this year
0: yeah that's fair imagine if they get like a eric b enemy or josh mcdanos in there like that would be uh yeah that, that could spice things up and make us all believe again uh i don't think they'll have alan robinson i think he's so jaded with that organization he's oh, somewhere else not.
1: yeah and i mean he's been playing bad so i don't think they want him either
0: yeah yeah i would agree it's
1: mutually <laughs> mutual quitting situation or something okay um I, I don't have I have one more. I don't think it's really worth talking about, but I'll just ask you any concerns with Lamar Jackson?
0: No, I mean he's been a hit or miss passer in his career. He's been on a hot streak for most of this year 2021. But I mean, we've seen his floor and we know it's not great. So I mean, I don't know. I'm not concerned at all because this is the worst fantasy football performance he's ever had in his career. And if you're judging players on the very worst game they've ever played amidst a good year of their performance, like that doesn't make any sense to me. So it does, you know, it does suck if you were relying on him to win you a week It does suck. If you lost by a couple points and, you know, he only put up seven and a half points or something like that. Yeah. That, that would be the reason why you're even asking this question. And that's why this article was you know, headlined as such, uh, Tom Brady. I don't think Lamar Jackson was in the head title, but or sorry, the the, the headline. But uh, how you are calling Tom Brady? Like, do you bench him for fantasy? I mean, okay, do you have
1: Josh Allen? Sure, yeah, they play Josh Allen if you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other, I'm trying to think of. I think Kirk Cousins, like Joe Burrow, these Derek Carr could all be options over Brady. Maybe in the right matchup. The I, right I understand matchup. what you're saying. Um, here's here's a better one. Forget Tom Brady. What about Dak Prescott?
0: Yeah, <sighs> what what were his fantasy points on Thanksgiving? Because I was too busy cooking stuff to two, pay attention I to I believe.
1: That game. Wait, what? He I Had two points? I thought because I. Oh no! Oh, in fantasy. Oh, on Thanksgiving, twenty-five. Points last week he had two points.
0: Okay, okay, I was confused. Yeah, because it was a like thirty-six. I 33 forgot the loss schedule for is so weird
1: with like the Thanksgiving game. But yeah, so he had twenty-five points against the Raiders. Two points the week, week before. But I'm just like looking at those lists, and he ranks as QB ten uh, below Kirk Cousins, below even Lamar Jackson, who has had some rough games. So uh, I'm I'm interested who you would start over. Let's see. Let's look at this. Cowboys schedule I mean they played the Saints the football team the Giants the football team and the Cardinals the rest of the fantasy season so I don't really know if I would mention for any of those matchups
0: no no I I really wouldn't yeah I believe they're they're contending you know they're trying to win their division they're in a good spot Mm -hmm. to do it and they're contending even for the first place by like it it likely won't happen but uh, they're at least in the running so they're not going to let up on the gas pedal in the next four weeks for fantasy football. And I'm not worried about them at all. Um, although they do have an outbreak of COVID there. Um, Mike McCarthy, the head coach is going to be inactive on Thursday night football.
1: And can I don't only know. Help them.
0: I would agree, but <laughs> I was going to say uh, eight other people in the organization were deemed positive for COVID. So I don't know if that's players or coaching staff. I believe that it's, Probably not any notable players because that would have probably been leaked to the media by now. But uh, it's just worth mentioning that they might be a little a little shaky this week. But uh, Mari Cooper, assuming he tests negative, will be coming back. Michael Gallup is now healthy and looked pretty good last week. CeeDee Lamb is coming back off the of injury. Um, I, don't, I don't see any reason that they can't just keep putting up points.
1: Can I say that as an American, uh, I'm I'm pretty annoyed that I have to watch two Cowboys primetime games in a, in a week in a row well technically uh <laughs> Cowboys were not primetime last week I mean they're, they're national television that counts as primetime. it was the
0: most watched football
1: game of <laughs> like any Thanksgiving, since, since yeah. like 2011 or something <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah I know I'm just yeah. saying but yeah you're right they they've had what
0: three or four Thursday night games this year and if they've probably had another sunday night one that i can't remember because i don't stay up that late because i'm an old man but they had the, uh, they played
1: the eagles on sunday night or monday night or something like that
0: okay so they've had at least four primetime games through 12 weeks that's pretty crazy cuz i know they opened the season against the bucks and then they had the last two thursday night games and then yeah if they played the eagles in primetime then that's pretty crazy jerry jones what a businessman
1: yeah yeah He put it together. It's it's too bad they're not like a mediocre product this year, so we can't really crap on them. Like They're they're exciting to watch, but still, I mean, come on, a little variation. Um, I am excited to see Taysom Hill beat them, though.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Word is that Taysom Hill is gearing up with the first string offense in practice to be the starting quarterback. I'm definitely putting a waiver claim in for him in our Super Flex League. I don't believe he's picked up yet, but if he is, you know, I'll be sad, but
1: in, in a single one QB, what do you think?
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, in a single quarterback league, I, I value him similar to Cam Newton. I I don't think – I don't know. He's probably between 8th and 12th quarterback on the week at best, but he has the floor to be, I don't know, a
1: 25th quarterback on the week if he does get a rushing touchdown because yeah. the passing game won't be there really. It's a good thing that Kamara is back to get, like, you know, short targets, yards after the catch for him because without Gamera, it would be just be like Taysom Hill running like a wildcat offense, pretty oh much. God, yeah. Yeah. Um, but all right. Um any closing thoughts as we wrap up? Um, thank you for the support. Thank you for
0: listening. Hopefully you are in the playoffs because if you're not yet, it's going to be very anxiety filled next two weeks to three weeks. And if you're out of the playoffs, I thank you for continuing to listen. I don't know why you are. Uh, it can't be because we're so good at what we're doing, but if it is, please tell us that would make me feel so much better about DeAndre Swift and Christian McCaffrey getting injured this week (laughs) and me being out of the playoffs myself. So just, you know, pad my ego, pad Nathan's ego, uh, if you so choose. So thank you.
1: You can find us at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tune in Sundays for the live show and we will see you with another podcast on Friday morning. Thank you for listening.